This is the Very Finnish Problems podcast with Joel Willens. Find us at facebook.com slash veryfinnishproblems. For links to some of the things we discuss on the show and to learn how you can get new episodes directly to your smartphone, please visit veryfinnishproblems.com. Hello, hello. Here we are again on yet another Very Finnish Problems podcast. And it's a very special one this week because we have not one, not two, not three, but four people here. A new <laughs> record. Uh, and I'm joined by a new co-host as well. Laura, say hello. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Uh, we also have two guests, um, both... Neither, in fact, neither from Finland. So maybe you'd like to introduce yourselves. Uh, hello, my name is Jeroen Sebrechts. I'm uh, from Belgium, been living here for seven years. Uh, and together with my colleague, Claire, we're organizing a new event called Midsummer Madness. Hi, everyone. I'm Claire and uh, I'm Jeroen's partner here. And uh, I've been living in Finland for six and a half years. Partner in love or partner in life? Partner, partner, in partner at work. Partner at work. <laughs> Definitely. That's enough for both of us. I think. <laughs> cool. And this week, uh, we're going to do problem number 24 from more very finished problems and even more essential guide to surviving Finland. Great Christmas present. Christmas present. Christmas coming up soon. Uh, number 24, when midsummer is Finland's best and worst celebration. And the reason we're doing that is because you two are launching a midsummer festival. So... How did how did that end up? How did you, first of all, how did you end up in Finland? That's the question we Oh wow. Um I wanted to move to Finland. I know that sounds crazy. People all over usually react the way you're reacting right oh, now. Whoa. Um <laughs> so uh when I was a teenager, I started digging into uh well Tolkien's world because actually he, one of the languages he created was inspired by Finnish language. And then I discovered actually this is this is a language. And uh, Finnish language sounds good. It's beautiful. And uh, then uh, I visited the country when I was 18 and I felt really nice here. So then uh, when I was 21, I moved here to That study. That is bizarre. I know. <laughs> Isn't it? Can you already share your favorite Finnish word with me, please? It's lohikarme. Because <laughs> I mean, salmon snake. Who has thought about that word? It doesn't make any sense. Well, that sums up the entire Finnish language for me. I mean, like they're making, but I mean, I I think it's interesting you mentioned Tolkien as well because apparently you had a great love for Finland, but never ever came here. Really? Never ever made it. So, no. how did he himself discover Finnish language? Well, he's a linguist, wasn't he? He was a professor of linguistics, yeah, okay. ling and he yeah. just loved languages. So, yeah, but that's interesting. It's it's interesting because it's so bizarre. I don't know anyone who's come to Finland as a result of that. So, from, yeah, from the south of France, imagine exactly. That. <laughs> yeah, well, I like the cold. You can dress up as much as many layers as you want. In France, if you're too hot, well. First, you can't get naked as easily as in Finland. <laughs> uh, and then it's not that, that that nice. The cold is nicer. The snow is nicer. I'm not talking about the pitch dark that is we are experiencing right now, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's difficult to really, it's difficult when you're talking about how the, everything winter being nice and we're literally sitting here and it's like the land that the sunlight forgot. Isn't it? It's like gray and dark and bleak. So how about how about you? What did you, what was your was it a girl? Uh, a lady? Yeah, it was exactly. A lady. Like one of these love immigrants. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, classic story. What do you want me to say? I Are want we, you to say the exact moment your eyes met and how <laughs> how it happened. 
Uh, sure. Uh, well, actually, we, we were uh, in Hungary, both of us. And uh, we were on a language course. I was actually moving to Hungary. She was, uh, she's a linguist. And we, uh, well, we were on the same language course. And, and What language? Well, Hungarian language. Oh, right, you were both learning Hungarian. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was about to move there at the time. And then, uh, well, yeah, then meeting a Finnish girl kind of uh, came in between my, uh, my Hungary plans. And then, and then uh, I decided, you know, well, there's not much future in Hungary anyway. So <laughs> Screw Hungary. I'll yeah. follow the Finnish girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you didn't move to Hungary? I, I moved to Hungary. I was there for like uh, two years almost. We had a long distance relationship for a while, and then and then I moved here. Yeah. Whereabouts in Hungary? Uh, Budapest. I love Budapest. Budapest it's a wicked great. city. Yeah, Budapest is great, and and yeah, you know, I had, a, you know, I, I I chose the country at the time, and then I moved to Finland, choose the girl. You know, you had you had to take the country along. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then it took it took me a while to get you know adapted and, and to, to kind of start loving the country it, and feeling at home. It, it really took some time, but, but you know. Uh, the movements helped. The movements kind of, you <laughs> know, they em really embody every, <laughs> No, but they kind of embody everything that I, I mean, like about Finland. Okay, and what, when you say it took you time to adapt, so you moved from Budapest, which is a grand, imperial, beautiful mm. city with yeah. loads of cool stuff happening. And did you move to Helsinki? Where did you move to? Actually, first Tampere for a few months, and then uh, and then to Helsinki. We were in, uh, uh, yeah. So she started her masters here, and uh, and we we moved to Yatkasari. Yatkasari. Yeah, sounds very different to Budapest. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Is it small? It was it was uh, it was actually the, the first the first kind of building that was there in Yatkasari. You moved to the first building, yeah, and like it was field on your it own. Was, it was grey. It was it was. <laughs> <laughs> so you what, know you can understand. It? I, I didn't really. Yeah, when was yeah. it? Like month of the year. That was uh, that was actually May. So it was. Oh, right. Like, so you at the start. It was promising. Something. It was Could promising. Worse. Could be yeah. November yeah, in exactly. Yatkasari, the only building in the village. Surrounded yeah. by construction work everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> And what, um, so what was, uh, clearly that's a very different vibe to Budapest, but what was it that you struggled with when you first got here? Well, you know, second day that I uh, arrived, I was moving all my stuff and I, I, I met a guy in the, in, in the, in the corridor uh, who told me very bluntly that you moved to Finland? You learn Finnish language. Thank you. Nice to see you. Yeah, wow. It really took some time. That you know that that kind of <clears throat> put me off that for about off a year. <laughs> yeah, that is off putting. Yeah. I think in the whole time I've been here, which is like sixteen long and glorious years, I've only had one person ever say that to me. Hmm. And uh, needed to say, I totally ignored that advice, and I'm still rubbish at Finnish. But I did hear when we came in that both of you. We're speaking quite fluent, which I find both impressive and annoying in equal measure. So what was your journey to mastering Finnish? I mean, first I have to say that my friends now that uh, that I speak Finnish, they tell me that I should learn Swedish, uh, to which I answer to them that maybe Finnish is enough. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, my journey to Finnish, I started learning it in Paris before I moved to Finland. So, you know, your it's story a, just gets weird. About <laughs> it, right? So in Paris, there is a small thing called the Finnish Cultural Institute and they have great Finnish lessons there. And then uh, then I, when I moved to Finland, I, I, you know, instead of listening to music in the streets and in the tram, you just remove your headphones and listen to people. People talking that works wonderfully 
What, yeah. so you didn't, you listen to the world around you? Yeah. Okay. You know, it's a weird thing nowadays. Yeah. Instead of listening to this podcast, for example, remove your headphones. Don't, be sick. Don't listen to our people. <laughs> Just ignore that advice. We'll edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> so that's interesting. I mean, so, I mean, you make it sound very simple. And I, I discussed this at length earlier, earlier this week about like uh, mastering finish. And I have a variety of excuses. But uh, it seems that... Uh, you've you've you know you make it sound simple, but I mean, how long did you study when you were here, and how what was your how long did you take you to get from zero finish to fluency? Don't say a short period of time because I'll, I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think we'll ever be fluent, fluent, but uh, I would say maybe four and a half years, something okay, like this. Okay, so quite some period of time. Okay, that's good. Y yeah. But did you study daily or like what was your pace with studying? I mean, I had those dull, stupid Finnish courses that they give in the university here that were like, I mean, no, not Too dull late. and stupid. Too we'll late. It's there. <laughs> it's in, it's recorded. Um, I think the most important was like that I was chatting with my colleagues in, in Finnish and they were correcting all my mistakes and being very patient and very, very encouraging. And that, that helped a lot. Yeah. Definitely. We should introduce a Finnish hour here. Um, I was going to say to that, that's actually really cool because I've heard from so many people who come from outside Finland uh, saying that they don't get to practice because we're so eager to talk in English. Yeah, and exactly. Like yeah, that's that's true. Like I used to live in Pasila back then and every morning I would go get a coffee before going to university at the coffee shop in the station. And then I would always speak with my weird f French accent when I speak Finnish. And, and the lady would look at me and reply to me in English every day. And it would get so frustrating. And then maybe like after three months, then I picked up a bit of accent and then she started to speak to me in Finnish and I felt like I almost jumped around in the <laughs> shop to celebrate. I totally, totally feel that pain. For me, if I go into a bar and ask like, uh, hello, I's in Uxi Olod, for example, they're just like, boom, just plonk it on the bar. If I say, can I have a beer, please? I go, of course, sir. Which beer would you like? And we've got a fine selection of English ales here. So I just get a different type of service. So for me, I mean, I'm, you know, we're, I'm blessed and cursed by being English, which means everyone speaks my language. Uh, I, it's like a luxury rather than a necessity, um, which is really frustrating. So I'm always in awe of people who've gone beyond that. So how about you? How was your, how long? Cause I wasn't sure how fluent you were, but you were certainly given the impressions of fluency when you walked in. Or were you just messing with my head? Uh, well, I I, uh, I would say it's on a working level, right? Okay. Uh, but yeah, my my secret is that just I I hooked up with a Finnish language teacher. <laughs> you literally had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's where I went wrong, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and how long would it take for your Finnish language teacher to sort of beat the language into you? Um, I, yeah, it's a never-ending story. That's true, but. Um, a couple of years, right, okay. three, four, maybe. I think after four years, I had yeah. my, I landed my four, first uh, Finnish speaking. Because like, you know, it's like, right, okay, cool. Yeah. There is the level where you can just go in the shop and buy something, and then the moment the lady tells you something else, then hey, exactly, moi, yeah. and uh, meet Maxi and, yeah, and everything, yeah, yeah. then you're like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? I don't know that. But then once you're past that level and you're actually able to have a conversation and argue with people, then you mean <laughs> you know that you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, I've got that stage where I can have a, like a simple conversation, and I can, I can do four or five sentences in, and if the more I find the more I drink, the more effective I become at <laughs> speaking. Speaking Finnish, but I think uh, yeah, yeah, it's a ma the matter of, <laughs> the matter of like using it a lot is def definitely key. 
Well, you should speak in Finnish with Laura. Totta kai. Haluaisiko puu suomia minun kanssa? Joo, totta kai. Look, she can't believe it. I was trying to say She's already laughing. She can't be serious. Literally, I've done 20 episodes. No one's ever heard me speak Finnish on this podcast. See, people. Minä puu todella huvaa suomeksi, mutta se on todella vaikea kieli. Especially when you try to pronounce different place names in Finland. That's my, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. I do these videos and like literally they can be absolutely perfect. And I'm going to pronounce one word wrong. And the whole comments are like, oh, brilliant. You pronounced this word wrong. It's not said like that. I did one about like uh, Salmiaki and I pronounced fa- I pronounced Fatsa Faser. I pronounced Fatsa Faser for 15 years. No one said a word. As soon as I do a video for it, it gets like 150,000 views and everyone's like, yeah, you said Faser wrong. You said Faser wrong. It's like, Literally one after comment after the other. Such a cardinal crime. I know, it's a killer. <laughs> But I was sure that's why people watched the video and it was so popular. Absolutely. It's a cunning ploy on my part to always have a small mistake in there. But the worst is that we had last podcast we did with a BBC uh, filmmaker. And I always kept talking about this town. I said, oh, you did this documentary about this town called Lee, didn't you? Lee, she, Lee, she's like, what? No. She said, it's R- La- I. E. E. <laughs> I can't even pronounce a Finnish word with two letters. So what hope have I got of like the 15,000 word combination of words? So. I was just actually traveling uh, uh, like last month to uh, Kuopio and, and then had the English speaking GPS on. And it's always a challenge. It's hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> We were traveling to Pihlaja uh, Harjuntia uh, and that becomes like Pelaja Harjuntia. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's brilliant. I've always meant to make a video of just me driving around with that speaker. It's just like, and it's like, it depends on which one you have, but there's one I use, a quite polite English woman. <laughs> She's like so politely wrong on every single thing. So yeah, it's cool. So so you've now, you're now well like established here and you're literally doing the, one of the most finished things possible. I mean, I'm, you know, do very fish problems, which is, I like to think is, Show, showcasing the wonders of feeling with the world but we are in that sense we're sharing things in common there because you are you know belgium french and bigging up finland in a way that hasn't been done before so how did you arrive at this this idea and what was the the impetus i guess it um it started just by looking at the book cover of uh well this this uh two Vianson story uh movement summer madness in english oh, Vahalin and Johannes. And, uh, and, you know, realizing that, you know, you're looking at this floating stage on the cover and realizing that, hey, that could be a pretty cool event. That would be cool. Yeah. And it's like, where, where were you when you had this realization? Um, Can you remember the, were you like, so were he you was in the T building of Siberius Academy, actually. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it's, it, I was on a festival management course. We were, we were challenged to, to think about festival occasions. And, you know, I thought underwater like this. Like, yeah, like, so you were sitting like there, there was, it was a project, it was like a, a challenge to come up with a cool festival. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so were you in the same like group? No, I I studied so, as well the same thing, but uh, I was not there then. And okay, so you, uh, so I came on later, maybe a, a year later. I don't know how long it took you to actually take, like go from the thinking process to the actually, I want to do this. It's um, not just a joke. No, very long. It's just thought, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm going to write a concept out of this and then I'll send it to Mummy Characters. Let's see what they say. And then when they invited to uh, us to their office, I, uh, I I needed someone to back me up. And I was like, Claire, help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, help me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was quietly sitting in my office. We worked at the, for the same festival for a while and quietly sitting in my office, you know, writing my marketing materials. And then this guy comes like, hey, I have a crazy idea. Would you join? 
Uh-huh. And then the day after I was sitting with Helsinki City and the week after I was sitting with women characters, I wasn't like, why am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that moved quickly then. So you sent, you wrote the proposal on the concept and you sent it off and how quickly did you get a response? Uh, very few, quickly, few actually. Days. But we had a, we had, we had a great conversation and they were, they were very, uh, very, you know, yeah, easy our, to convince actually about, because the, because the concept was good. The concept's beautiful. And I can't, I mean, in such you're so fortunate that Helsinki, I mean, maybe you should talk about this, the floating stage, because that's going to be central to the whole. Do you want to say the place where it will be? We could hear your wonderful Finnish uh, accent. I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, is it Dörlalatti? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Everyone's looking really surprised. I know I pulled that off. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's a great, a great location. And... The idea of having floating stage, as I understand it, has well, it's never been done in Helsinki, is it? No, uh, there has never been any floating stage. I mean, neither in Finland. So that was one of our challenges. But again, we are a bit crazy people, so challenges do not scare us. And uh, yeah, so but that at the was same time, yeah. I mean, there's 188,000 lakes in Finland, according to Wikipedia, and, at least. And, and how and much still sea? no floating stage? No, yeah. you'd think yeah. it'd be a no-brainer, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. But has it done before somewhere else? Like, how much of a challenge is it to actually make it happen? You mean the floating I, stage? Is it going to sink? <laughs> so <laughs> there is one in UK in of a course. festival. I'll take glory for in that. Henley. Any UK-related uh, things that are cool, I'd immediately take glory for. So yeah, Henley. So Henley has a floating stage, and we were in what, touch the with them. Henley Regatta. No, Henley was a jazz festival oh, or right, festival, okay. music festival, anyway, and uh, we were. In touch with them and discussing what they did and how it works and blah 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 and also there is another one in france uh so we also called how they how are they doing it and then we decided that the best way would still be to build an innovation in finland so we started with uh, contacting the company that does floating solutions uh and they were like yeah let's do this because they have been thinking about it for a while and, and then we started to look for somebody to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what, when they do floating solutions, what other things do they make that float? So the, com the company is called Bluet and they are the guys who made Alice Sea Pool, for example, oh, right, in cool. Helsinki. Yeah. Right, okay. So floating swimming pools is so one the, thing yeah. they do. Yeah. So they decided to just help and us so out. What did you, when you spoke to Henley and, who, who did you, and whoever you spoke to in France, what advice did they give? I mean, Don't do a floating stage. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, avoid a floating stage at all costs. But I had sorry. Uh, I was just going to ask, is the, would you say that that was the first building block? Like, okay, let's do this and have a floating stage. Or like, what was... Yeah, the yeah. We, we've considered uh, for a while, like at first, like, should we do this even if we don't get the floating stage? And then we looked at each other like, no, <laughs> we'll get the floating stage and then we'll do this. And that's why like that was two and a half years ago. So it took us a while to create the whole concept and to get the floating stage going on and stuff like that. So like, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, it is the kind of eye catcher and, and, you know, bringing, bringing fiction to life. That's, that's, you know, pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So that's where it started off. But of course, there's, there's more to the event than just the stage. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. what, I mean, in terms of the floating stage, as I understand it, the Dörlalapti is quite shallow, isn't it? So the worst case scenario, if you it can were walk. to, you can walk, yeah. <laughs> so even if no one's drowning, if it sinks, I don't for a second think it will sink, but what, how big will it be? And do you have any sort of like, has it been visualized and are you familiar with what the plans are? What? Uh, yeah, actually, I mean, but, um, so 
Tullerlacht is, Tuller Bay is uh, about, you know, two meters shallow at, at its... Oh, it's two meters, though. Yeah, oh, 1.5 when we, where we're going to put the stage is 1.5. Right, Yeah, because okay. the stage will be there at the, at the southern shore, so close to Finlandia House. All right, cool. There where there's, there's already the, the SUP uh, shop there. So that's going to be where it is. And it's one, one to one and a half meter deep. So, or deep. Not deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and your when it's like the current way it's been constructed, do you have like plans and yeah, I mean, yeah. Is so it based upon? It's it's based upon, and uh, so the provider will just make the platform, and then we'll build whatever we need to make it look like the moving floating stage. Okay. So uh, we'll put our own trusses and our own technical system, and then our own visuals. Okay, so we have cool. set designers that are designing the the right thing for us. And uh, the stage really flows. It's, it has those GPS trackers on each corner that make it stable. All right, so it okay. doesn't have any anchor to the ground. Wow. So it's not just fakely floating. It's, it's floating. Yeah. It's like half a meter deep only. So so it's actually floating. Yeah. 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 It's not it's not stuck to it. And uh, now we're discussing with our team like do we want the artist to swim to the stage or <laughs> do we <laughs> do we want to have a boat or do we want to have a platform? And uh, we're thinking we might be considering the 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 like swimming to the stage. Sounds That'd good. Very cool. Yeah. I don't think I've ever yeah, I mean, because that, that Dolalati is, is getting a lot more busy in terms of like, you can do those sort of wakeboarding and there's not wakeboarding. What's the thing you do with the paddle? SUP. Yeah, yeah. so that's, and it's got a few cafes around there because beforehand in the past, there wasn't really much happening around there, was there? So it was a bit of a like... It was really polluted, the area, for a long while. And it was like only 10 or 15 years ago that the city started to clean up the whole thing. And, uh, and now I really feel like locals get start to have ownership of the area there is more and more people running around especially right now until the end of the year there is this uh what is it in signals from helsinki or you have to go around Lati and then the city of helsinki will protect the baltic sea by giving a donation oh, right, no way. yeah yeah so yeah there are like four like um what is lay mouse piste in english points where you some sort of yeah you you beep a card there and then uh for each kilometer that you do basically we have to go all around the world so it's forty thousand kilometers and now today when i checked this morning it was thirty nine thousand six hundred forty five what so it measures everyone's jogging yeah and, and when it comes to forty thousand they're gonna give a yeah that's a great idea How, who did you go with that uh, Helsinki City came up with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, nowadays with this and Audi around, and I, I think the whole new park is ready. Of course, we won't be using the whole new brand park. We will be using the Hespayan Park, which is way more interesting. It has hills. It has, uh, or not way more interesting, but for a festival, it's uh, it's a more interesting like um, natural area yeah, to it's use. Nice. And it's super beautiful in the summer with all the flowers and everything. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, actually, the the first place I saw in Helsinki was Tullanlahti. So for me, it has a it has an important background. That's the first place I stayed at. I was staying in a hotel right next to it, and uh, so it's my first oh, first meeting it's with fate, Finland, isn't it? It's destiny. So how I mean, how challenging has it been to take that idea that and bring it to life? You say it's taken like two years, is it? Or yeah, two and a half years. So what are the biggest challenges been? I mean, when you decide to, to um, as a first-time event, to have a floating stage, <laughs> it's, uh, you're already making trouble. It, you know, it's it's uh, you're you're going to be looking at budget challenge. Yeah, yeah, cool. So we really need to be sure that we got the right people enabling this event, and and well, you need to to lobby. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So and, and prepare 
a good partnership. If you get a good partnership base, well, then 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 we can go. And we, of course, at the same time, we developed the concept, made made it as mature as possible for a first time event. And um, and yeah, here we are with a. Because the story is that it's a free event. Everybody is welcome. It's free, everyone. It's you hear free, that? everyone. And uh, we have a floating stage. So yeah. indeed, that's the budget, you know, yeah. like uh, how to make it beautiful, um, like with wow effect, but still so that everybody can attend. And that was the, like, the main challenge, how to find the balance. And how did you do that? By getting sponsorship from... We are still doing that. We're still that. looking for sponsorship. <laughs> so if anyone wants to sponsor it, you know yes, what to please. do. Our bank account is... Not as donation. We're not allowed. Uh, darn it. Um, but yeah, oh, having women characters behind us helped and uh, Helsinki City as well. Uh, this, this, has, this has been a wonderful adventure also for them, I would say, because they have been growing with the way they deal with events, especially like, yeah, both of them. So it's been a real pleasure to work with these two, work with those two brands in building this together. It has really been about co-creation and we, even with all our partners, it's all about making content really. Like, so... That has been the adventure, I would say. Yeah, and you know, when when you when you have such great partners like like Moment Characters uh, for Helsinki City and and uh, and Visit Finland, then you know you you can really reach quite an international audience. Absolutely, from Absolutely. year one. Yeah. Yeah. So, what would you say has been the best part so far? Other than this podcast. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd say our first meeting at Moomin Characters. Yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, the the fact that those like the people who represent Moomins and protect this, this cultural heritage lacked the idea. It felt like okay, we're doing something right. Right. Yeah, we actually we actually sat down with uh, with uh, in front of Sofia Jansson and and, and and the whole Moomin team and, and the whole Moomin team, and they were immediately enthusiastic. That's that's very nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I mean, they get a lot as we know. Moomin, I think Moomin, we were, did some uh, work with them when they launched their website some time back. And as I understand it, they're like one of the largest licensing companies in Europe or something. So they're very, very sensitive about how, who they partner with. So the fact they said yes to you so quickly obviously showcases the fact they were all yeah. fully on board. And, and I think it has to do also with our approach to the event. I mean, we're 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 not. Um, we're not like a Moomin event, like like the way Moomin um, Milma um, is existing already in Nantali. Uh, and that, I mean, that, that that's great, but we're not going to have any Moomins hopping around at the event. <laughs> yeah, like, that's not the idea. The idea is really to have the, the life philosophy. Like, like if you were in Moomin Valley just for a few hours in the center of Helsinki, recreate this kind of magical midsummer atmosphere. And not with Moomin hopping around, but really just with the, the feeling you get when you read the Moomin stories or when you watch the animated films or just, yeah, the, the values, the spirit, the adventure of it. Yeah, That's the wanna, idea. The wanna... original uh, feeling that Tove Janssen wrote about. Exactly. Stay closer to the original and, and, and kind of recreate this this moment valley just in Tullalofti. Nice. I love that. But now I'm super interested to hear, like, what are your experiences with Finnish Midsummer? Because I'm like, did you come here and go like, what are these people doing outside? It's cold. It's like mosquitoes everywhere. I mean, for me, it was weird. Finns are so quiet and so like not not going crazy. And then comes Midsummer. 
And they are all outside together partying, whether it rains, snows, or suns, which is quite rare. Uh, and, and that I think that, that for me, what's strong at Midsummer is the contrast between how Finland is, or Finnish people are in everyday life, and then how how they turn for Midsummer. Yeah, I think that's and then the magic of the of the midnight sun together with the bonfire. I think just that has a, such a strong atmosphere and and seeing people being together, naked but together. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do in France for midsummer? Anything? Uh So we don't have the concept of midsummer, but in France, uh, for the same day, uh, we have what we call the Fête de la Musique or music oh, I festival. I think sounds better in French, doesn't it? It sounds better <laughs> in French. I know that's why I said it. <laughs> um, so um, in every town, small villages, big cities, we have music bands, amateurs or professional, playing in the streets, and all of it is free, and it's just it's a huge. Oh like, right, so you it's have a, a huge big event country as well. festival. Oh right, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's really really big. One of the biggest uh, events. I oh. mean, it's everywhere. Every small village wow. to every big I had city. No idea. Yeah, well, in the UK we do nothing. It's like we have like a, the we have like druid druids going to Stonehenge and wandering around chanting, doing acid, and just like and that's a very small clique of people. But like otherwise, absolutely nothing, which is sad. But what about in Belgium? Do you? No, no, there's nothing in Belgium either. Nothing. No, there's nothing in Belgium. <laughs> Well, so there's no celebration whatsoever for. Uh, well, yeah, uh, but not no midsummer celebration. Right, okay. No. So come That's to Finland uh, for midsummer celebrations for midsummer madness. <laughs> yes, come to see us. We'll be around Tola Bay, just Absolutely. in the right the whole, center of Helsinki. Country of Belgium need to just ship on over to Tola <laughs> So. Um, Yeah, that sounds like a, a very, very different buzz, your your French version. But what do you dislike about Midsummer? I mean, if uh, you talked about the beautiful, like, you know, and the fact that Finnish people go mad, et cetera, et cetera. What, what were the things would you rather avoid? Or? No, well, well, we are, uh, I mean, I mean, Midsummer is, is greatest time, <laughs> greatest time to be in Finland. But uh, I just try to hang out with people who are not uh, consuming Too drunk, much drunk. alcohol. <laughs> who, who can be res responsible with their alcohol use? <laughs> who don't drown? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, that, yeah, that's basically all I. Yeah. I mean, um, if we could avoid the snow, it would be great. Absolutely, I think weather's always a bit of a tricky one. So, would you say the uh, midsummer is your favorite, favorite, favorite uh, festival finish? I mean, we've got basically got Vapo, we've got Midsummer, we've got like New Year's Eve, maybe, but that's pretty much standard. Nah, that's yeah, it. No. Independence Day. Yeah. But then it's so formal. And it's so dark know? and cold. Everyone just yeah. sits at home watching telly, don't they? Yeah. That's the best thing about it. So you like the Independence Day gala? I do. Okay, yeah. I'm she's still, the, I'm hey, still she's the Finnish one in the room, so yeah. it's fine. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my invitation. I was like, I've done two books. I've been I've bigged up Finland to the world. Millions actually have the President of the Republic following me on Twitter, but still great. no invitation. So sort it out, person who gives the invitations. He's of course very smooth about it. <laughs> Where's my golden envelope? Yeah. In fact, I think I have one of the problems is when you don't get invited to the Independence Day ball. But when I first watched it, I found it so bizarre that a country that so prides itself on being so very egalitarian for one night of the year, everyone pretends to be an aristocratic and has this like, yeah, it's just so weird to me. I mean, I've lived in a few countries around the world and they celebrate independence typically in a very dramatic and like fireworky way. But here it's quite, I know it's because it's in December, so it's dark and cold. But it's but quite isn't formal. isn't it egalitarian if you go to, to meet the president and like everyone needs... Yeah, but everyone dresses up and pretends to be aristocrats at a ball. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? In the president, I mean, I don't think to me that doesn't that reeks of people trying to be posh 
And one of the things I love about Finland is its lack of class Tell, system. Says the UK guy. Yeah, well, people <laughs> trying to be posh. Yeah, I hate that. Though. That's one of the things I love about Finland. I hate the I hate the fact in the UK we have such an established class system. It's different for you. You've still got a monarchy, haven't you? But for you, you, you know, you chopped all the heads off. So <laughs> you guillot- guillotine wow. seventeen thousand aristocrats. So, so that you got rid of those. But we still have. I'm not suggesting we should guillotine all of our aristocrats and upper classes. But nonetheless, you've had your revolutions. You've got done that. But in the UK it's still very much the case that I can speak to someone within about 30 seconds I know their social class Shall we get back to mid- midsummer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go for my big Republican rant <laughs> Yeah so, uh, what you, so what are you personally looking forward to most then when it comes to the, the big event because I imagine like you know it's like having sort of organising a party you get really excited about doing all this stuff and then what, what, what... One of the things for which I do festivals uh, since almost 10 years now is that I love creating a new concept and then you see it becoming real. You see the reality, you see the first people coming to the area and that's when it starts making sense. That's not when you build the event. That's not the, it's really when you see people entering the area and exploring it. And that's, that's just an amazing feeling. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking for. Just opening the site. Cool. How about you? Uh, why, am I, why I'm doing festivals. Or what, what are you looking forward to most? Well, mm, seeing it happen and, and uh, knowing that, that, or like getting, getting feedback maybe also, <laughs> that, that, you know, that people who, you know, had an experience just like you imagined. I, I guess just that, you know, that's what you do it for to to create experiences. Have you? But you've both done. Have you done a festival before as well? Yeah, sure. What have you? What have you done? Uh, I did my first festival ten years ago, uh, Brussels Film Festival, and then um, and here in. Uh, so yeah, I actually have a film background, but and this this was kind of second career, uh, the festival management, and then Siba uh, Fest, Espo Cine. That's those are the ones I did in Finland. Yeah. Um, my first festival was oh shit now it was called, called oh shit <laughs> sorry oh shit sorry, about, sorry about the swear words but I calculated it was now they 10 years ago yeah. 10 years oh whoa 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 so yeah uh, and I worked for for the, the film festival in France called the Premier Plan in Angers and that was the most wonderful experience I've ever had in working somewhere and that's where I started that's why I started doing festivals so it's festivals. been all downhill since the fe- your, very, your very first one <laughs> and uh, here in Finland I worked mostly in Helsinki I worked for the Word Village Festival or Mile Makulasa yeah, for those who know the Finnish name and uh, Helsinki International Film Festival Love and Anarchy Esposinetu Together with your own and uh, and other smaller uh, events, yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, I've never really, I've never really spoke to people who've organised. Like, to me, I'd imagine it'd be just be a total head fuck. It'd be like so much to organise, so many things to go wrong, so many variables. How but that's you, what is you fun, be, you know. You've got to be insanely organised. What are the skills you need? First of all, I mean, what do you need to do this job? You about? need to not uh, overreact when something unexpected happens because everything will always happen differently than what you have planned. You wanted to say something, Laura? No. <laughs> uh, that's the main skill, I think. Stay calm, whatever the situation is. I can tell that because you're a very calm person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, w- I would say actually pretty much the same. Just, you know, keep, keep your head cool um, and, and keep an overview. Be prepared. But that's something that's that has been very useful for us is that we're both very ambitious and we think big. 
and we're not afraid of faking big. So the floating stage with the movements is like, like most of the people that come to us and then we tell them about it and they're like, that's crazy. Nobody thought about doing this before. But you're crazy. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like, oh, like the first part of the sentence is nice, and then you hear the second part, you're like, okay, yes, we are, but uh, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> so I think the name Midsummer Madness really, really works out for us as yeah. well. Yeah. So is that what is that sort of response you get from Finnish people when you when you tell them yeah. it's like, oh, why did we not? No one else think of that, and oh no, what are you doing? Yeah, and the other the other response we get often is like, of course, it took two foreigners to do that, because Finnish people. Don't realize how interesting their culture is, how valuable it would be on the world on the world scale. I mean, so yeah, it took two foreigners to do that, but we are surrounded by Finns, like in our association, like everybody else are Finnish, and they they are like bringing the Finnish side of the team on. So what you said, like, because it's such an interesting culture. So what is one thing you would sort of want to highlight from that? Um, Communal think- nudity. New, communal it, nudity it's a mass yeah. nudity well actually it was linked to that what I was about to say <laughs> indeed is that uh, I really appreciate that in Finland you guys are seeing each other naked since day one and uh, it brings you a very different perspective on the way people look at bodies that a body is a body whether it's fat very thin or anything a man or man or a woman or man or any other gender like there is this equality when it comes to just body and I think the humans are so like we're just bodies at the end so I think that's very important that's such an interesting topic I've talked about it with my friends because we've been thinking because you see you get used to nudity you get used to yeah. bodies and they are always you always have the same parts but then we've been thinking that do we have less um sort of appearance pressure uh in finland because of that but i don't think we do like i think we still have the same pains when it comes to what we look like and how we should look like yeah i I i'm sure you do and i'm sure like that's also a worldwide problem the way we should look like and the way we also feel about ourselves Mm. um definitely is but uh i also think the society is less uh like maybe like less pressuring in finland like we are we are more free Mm. to be who we are and for example i remember one day i was in a supermarket and there was this uh education there was this lady with pink hair and pursings all around her face and i was like this would never happen in france People would not like it at all. So it wouldn't be good branding for the brand. So she wouldn't be hired. And in Finland, it's completely fine. And I'm really happy about this. I think it's a really, really good thing. Finnish culture and society has really good things to offer to the world, which is partly why I'm doing this festival. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I think people don't understand how uh, communal, I sort of laugh about communal nudity. But like, I give the example of my mum when I went swimming with her. And we went to sort of... You went to swim with your naked with your mum? No. (laughs) No, I didn't. I went to a swimming pool and my mum went to the the women's changing room and I clearly went to the men's. But afterwards she came out and she said, I have never seen so many naked people in my life. I was like, mum, it's a changing room. What do you expect? But in the UK, it's very much we have cubicles. Everything's on and off really quickly. And, um, you know, I sort of got used to it now. And I mean, my mum is very sort of free and easy. It's not like she's a prude or anything. But she was just quite shocked to see so much mass nudity and I think that's really healthy particularly for women who are, are like constantly judged and like you know constantly uh, showcase these like perfect bodies on magazine covers and when you go into a you go into a changing room and there's like a hundred blokes you realize there might be one bloke who's got this six pack and I'm sure it's the same with women so you understand that in fact this this body image that you're perpetually showed is just a fraud basically and you know I think that's a really healthy thing and the fact that Finnish people don't really appreciate that of course because because why would you 
But I'm always of the opinion like mass nudity should be exported well. <laughs> so should we tell that everybody at Midsummer Madness should come naked? naked? Absolutely. <laughs> That'd be a very different vibe. That's the extreme it? Midsummer like experience, I think. I mean, I mean, we're like one of our audiences. Like we we really hope that foreigners, like travelers, will come to Finland and will experience the madness with us. But uh, but imagine like they arrive to the area and all they see are fin <laughs> naked Finns. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be right back on the first plane, didn't they? Should, should we clarify that? This is not a nudist <laughs> festival. <laughs> not a nudist park city. The Finland's first nu city nudist festival. Yeah, no, it's true. But it's weird. Like in other countries where you have, like in the UK, for example, if you had a nudist beach, it's considered really weird by everyone. And like you know, so that I'm not. We, I don't think we're we're implying that everyone should get naked all the time. But just the idea, that, <laughs> the idea there are places where it's not considered strange. So, but yeah, that would be mad, wouldn't it? And that could yeah, get a lot of publicity. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So we're now coming to the end, sadly. Um, and typically at this stage of the podcast, uh, we wrap up with a recommendation. And normally I don't prep people about this, so they're just like floundering, but I have prepped you. So, so I'm sure you have something ready for everyone. And this recommendation could be anything you think people should do, see, read, eat whatever so who would like to go first laura i know you prepared for this i was really prepared i tried to find some connection with like madness so the thing that first came to my mind was the film uh, joker because it is about a person uh slipping into insanity and it's just a masterpiece I, really I got, yeah. it's got mixed reviews isn't it i haven't but it you, has it yeah, has but you're i fan. really i enjoyed it yeah okay so it joke. was so violent they fuck, is it like, what, it's like, I mean, maybe I'm a bit too sensitive person or I turn too much into a fin, but, uh, but yeah, it was violent. I felt it was violent. That's kind of the point of the whole film as well. It's like, you know, uh, violence of the society, not just physical, but also mental and what it does to people. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So the mad, violent Joker film, an unexpected recommendation for a lot, but cool. Yeah. Anyone, would you, who would like to jump in next? Uh, well, I'm, uh, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a film director, so I, I, I'm also going to recommend some films, uh, Hungarian films, actually. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah. Go and discover the whole Hungarian film scene. That's it's, really interesting. We had a Hungarian, the, yeah. person, the last podcast was a Hungarian BBC filmmaker. So oh, really? We've got a bit of a weird theme going. I'm sorry, carry on. Yeah, so now your podcast is all about Hungarian uh, films. Suddenly, yeah. <laughs> unexpectedly, very Hungarian. Isn't it supposed thing. to be about Finnish problems? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there um, any film in particular you think people should jump in with? Well, there's, there's, there's a lot. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about um, the, the movies that uh, Bela Tarr makes. He's, he's a very kind of art house for like, uh, makes black and white seven hour long films and so on, uh, very slow pace. But this is the biggest film experiences that, that I've ever witnessed at least. Cool. So how did you get your, I'm sorry, I got a bit of a tangent, but how did you get into uh, Hungary and what were you? Well, yeah, you, you I mean, it's, it's actually, work. I was a film student at the time. I really got into uh, Hungarian films at some point. I just realized that all, a lot of films that I liked came from Hungary and I was like really intrigued. Hey, I should go there. And, you know, I, I digged into the scene. I, I chose Hungary as a country. And yeah, and then I met the Finnish girl. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. But still, Hungarian yeah, films. Nice. Check it out. Am I the only one who's going to suggest something about movies? 
Do they? Seemingly so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I recommend this book uh, called In Finnish, Tove Jansan and Mumilaks on Maailma. Um, it has an English version as well. I guess it's like Tove Jansan's Mumin Valley World or something like this. Um, like we can post the link, I guess, in the podcast. Uh, it's a really wonderful. It, we call it, we have it at the office. And every time we are looking for new content or new ideas, we open the book. Uh, we call it the Moomin Bible. It has everything that it like tells the real original ideas behind each character, each story. Uh, from Tove Jansson's perspective, really. And that's that's my inspiration book for the next last uh, two and a half years. <laughs> cool. Absolutely. And of course, the book, you know, Moomin Summer Madness, go and read it. And then experience it. Yeah, absolutely. Time. I've never had the pleasure, actually. I feel a bit, a bit rubbish. I'm a bit rubbish when it comes to reading Moomin books at all, but I will check it out, certainly. Um, and for me, I'm going to recommend something boring. I'm going to recommend Guardian Weekly, just because I've just renewed my subscription. And as much as I love Finland, I find like Helsinki Sanoma... Um, a bit restricted, and of course, uh, my Finnish reading skills are crap anyway. So even if I wanted to read it, I wouldn't. But yeah, Guardian Weekly, Weekly Magazine, The Guardian's been, I think it's been going for quite some time, but really, really well-written journalism about things happening all around the world. And yeah, it gives a really great insight into into the mad things that are happening as well as the good things. Very focused on the climate crisis. And and yeah, it gives me great insights into all the all that's happening outside this wonderful country. So there we have it. Four, I think, fantastic recommendations, he says modestly. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for, for joining us. It's been a real... Thanks for having us. Yeah, pleasure. And well, I for one will certainly, if I can get a get a pass from my wife, becoming to Midsummer Madness. Typically, I'm always dragged to the summer cottage, um, which, of course, in case my in-laws are listening, is also a fantastic experience for the fun and frolics. But um, we'll be keeping a close eye on preparations. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you, Laura, for joining us. Yeah, absolutely great work. Great work from Laura. First podcast. How did it feel? Uh, it was okay. <laughs> it was great. Thank you. Okay, moi moi. Moi moi. Moi Hey. Cool. How was that? You've been listening to the Very Finnish Problems podcast. Please send any feedback to veryfinnishproblems at inktank.fi. This program is published by Inktank Media and produced by Thomas Newberry. Inktank Media is a digital marketing and communications agency which specializes in copywriting, storytelling and social media. Find out more on our website inktankmedia.fi. While this podcast isn't an advertisement, we do occasionally interview representatives of companies we have a business relationship with. Thanks again for listening.